steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Vikings win it! back to the unbelievable podcast i am bj Rydell, back here with my guy drew maholt and today we have a interesting ongoing discussion to have with all of you an important decision at the most important position in pro sport is on the horizon for your minnesota vikings and so we're going to talk about kirk cousins we don't talk about him enough on this show i feel like and there's um compared to other places it's a lot less <laughs> I was being a little sarcastic, but uh, <laughs> we are we are focusing on Kirk Cousins today. That is uh, that is the topic of interest. And let's be real here. Um, it's the beginning of March. It's a little bit too early to dive too deep into the draft. And it's a little bit too late to talk about the Kevin O'Connell hiring and the end of the 2021 NFL season. So we're kind of in that weird period, right? There's not a whole lot to talk about. But thankfully, your Minnesota Vikings have been a content factory for years and are providing us plenty of new stuff, uh, whether it's coming from Mike Zimmer and The Athletic um, or just general opinions of people around the organization about their quarterback. So um, it's an important decision. Let's be real here. Um, Kirk Cousins and what his future lies with Minnesota, how that goes about, whether he is here in Minnesota or not, um, that will influence a lot of what the Vikings will do this offseason, beginning with the 2022 NFL draft. So. We're going to talk about the decision, the pros, the cons, the ins, the outs, the goods, the bads, the bad, and the more bad. So that's the yeah. game plan for today. Um, let's get it started here. Um, so those of you who have listened to the show, I think know that both Drew and myself, for the most part, are not the biggest of Kirk Cousins fans. On the flip side of that, we're also not the biggest of Kirk Cousins haters. Like this is not a podcast that openly rips on Kirk Cousins just to do it. We don't find things about him to hate. It's more just the information that's presented to us kind of is baffling at times. And there are moments for sure where we've talked about, you know, Kirk Tober, MVP, MVP style Kirk, right? We give him his credit when it's due. The problem has been throughout his Vikings tenure and really throughout his Vikings, his entire NFL career is that he has been a literally a 500 quarterback that has had ebbs and flows throughout his career, whether that's in the regular season or the postseason, And it just simply hasn't been good enough because the original standard that was set back in 2018, when he was brought to this organization was that he was going to elevate this team from being a very good team to a literal Super Bowl contending team that can get this team over the hump and get Super Bowl number one in the franchise history. That has not happened. And that's the standard that was set in 2018 for good, bad, fair, or fair not. That's what happened. So mm -hmm. now you've got a brand new regime. You've got Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adolfo Mensa at the helm. There's rumors swirling that it makes sense for him to stick around because of O'Connell's background with him, having worked with him in Washington, as well as the comments that he has made. Although those comments are a little bit broad. And they lack a lot of context, and you can kind of read me through, through the, between the lines a little bit, so there is some room for discussion. 
But ultimately, this decision impacts probably the next five to ten-ish years of this organization, whatever the Vikings decide to do here. And it's the perfect opportunity to move one way or the other, whether you're going to commit to a moving forward or whether you're going to move forward with a different quarterback, whether that's a rookie, a veteran, a bridge, whatever. So what do you think? Where are you at with, again, an incredibly important decision yeah. that's going to infect, that's going to affect the paycheck of hundreds of people in the Vikings organization? Well, I think, first of all, we should start by not reading into any of uh, O'Connell's comments about Kirk Cousins. Okay. And if you're doing that, I think there are, you're already making a mistake about this whole thing because he is, I mean, I, I think the term was kind of coined for Spielman kind of just giving generic answers to questions as Rick speak. Uh, I think right. Ted Glover kind of coined that one over at the Daily Norseman uh, when he was writing there. And that's what he he's given the coach speak right now. That's what O'Connell's doing. He's giving you the generic answer where he doesn't really give you substance, but he answers the question generically, broadly, and kind of just to, just to get the question answered type thing, right? Uh, when right. he is in front of the media and because he knows, and I, I he's, he was well-versed I'm sure. And the, the questions that would be asked him about Kirk cousins. And he fully understands that you know, he is kind of a controversial topic and that, you know, there's a lot of good, a lot of bad. So he's not going to give you an answer because he probably has something made up in his mind as to what he wants to do, at least for 2022. And he just doesn't want to share that yet because sharing that now would probably be a disadvantage for him and the organization. Yeah. So there's no reason for him to share that. Now on the flip side, uh, what the Vikings will do. I think at the end of the day, at some point, Quasi and O'Connell would like to start by bringing in their own quarterback. I think that's which which any new regime, yeah. any new regime wants to do that unless you're gifted a Tom Brady uh, or a Peyton Manning, right? Like Denver and, um, you know, Tampa Bay were able to kind of put off their search for a franchise quarterback in order to get these guys in and, and win championships. The Vikings probably don't have that luxury right now. And Kirk Cousins is no Brady or no Manning or anything like that. So right. uh, there's Kirk an argument not. to be made there that I, I think the Vikings are leaning. And this is just me speculating based on the fact that this is a brand new regime. My speculation would be that the Vikings are keeping Kirk Cousins for a maximum of one more year, unless he blows everybody out of the water in 2022. Um, and that means, yeah, he might play on a $45 million cap hit in 2022. I know there's been some denial of that, or maybe it's O'Connell or, or Quasi. Either one of them has said um, he will not play on this and there needs to be numbers figured out. But I think it's very possible that he does stay at that number and the Vikings kind of play a wait and see type of game. Because ultimately, I, I do think when you get a new regime and a new GM, Odds are they want their own quarterback unless this guy's an absolute top five stud, which I don't think Kirk Cousins is. Yeah, and I think that's a good basis to look at this from. It's not even a truly an evaluation of Kirk Cousins, although it's just basically an evaluation that says he's not Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. That's really all you mm -hmm. really need to know. But again, which regime in NFL history didn't want to try with its own guy? You know, scout, uh, sign whatever it is, make that decision based off of their, you know, agenda, right? Whatever materials or resources they have at their disposal. Um, that's what it's been like forever. I, I don't know any, you know, unless you're like Ryan Poles, where you just inherited Justin Fields, who's on, you know, 
or his rookie deal. He's in his second year. It's a little bit different, but for the most part, every regime starts over completely. And especially when you're starting with, you know, starting over at the GM position too, not just head coach. Uh, so let's look at the materials that we have at our disposal so far. There's been rumors swirling that the Minnesota Vikings have engaged the Carolina Panthers about a trade for Kirk Cousins. That would essentially spell a reset, right? You bring in Sam mm-hmm. Darnold or whoever the hell it is at like an $18 million cap hit, I believe was the number that I saw. And then you draft a rookie and you'd move forward and Darnold would essentially be your bridge quarterback. Uh, Kirk Cousins can also be your bridge quarterback, by the way. Um, we've got the influence of Mike Zimmer, which continues to be ringing throughout um, the last couple months here, uh, there's been a ripple effect since this guy left the organization. I did not see this for Mike Zimmer, by the way. That's neither here nor there. But I did not see him leaving this organization and just being crucified, you know, basically across the board and having all kinds of different things leaked about him. But essentially, we just found out a report, I believe it was from Chad Graff at The Athletic, that stated that Mike Zimmer hated, in so many words, right? that he's hated Kirk Cousins. He thought he didn't make quote winning plays um, and that he was part of the reason why the Vikings could not get over, you know, the hump and essentially placing a lion's share of the blame on his quarterback, who was reportedly once again, forced on him by Rick Spielman and the upper management team. Now, what else do we know? Kevin O'Connell, like I said before, worked with Kirk Cousins in Washington. He seems to have a positive vantage point on the quarterback. He's also good friends with, in addition to Sean McVay, but he comes from the Kyle Shanahan school of thought, right? And Shanahan, as we know, Shanahan, as we know, loves Kirk Cousins and has actually tried to get him on multiple occasions. So you've got conflicting information, which is normal, by the way, it's the off season in the NFL. There isn't necessarily a right direction here. It's, it's kind of just, seeing what's out there, what type of options you do have. Is there a right answer to this? I don't know. Um, Is playing with Kirk Cousins at a $45 million cap hit a bad decision? I don't necessarily think so. I mean, you're kind of in a rebuild year. It's not, it's not the worst thing that that's what for, and I don't, maybe I'm being too pessimistic or too, um, I guess, dark minded with this, but I don't, I, I, I think 2022 is a down year, no matter what. Right. Um, I think yeah. what happened the last two years is probably the Vikings peak uh, or their you know highest potential for 2022, given where they're at with the cap, given that they have to slash a bunch of key contracts of still really good players um, that need to re- be replaced somehow, which means you're either going to have to really hit big on a free agent signing yeah. or hit big on a draft pick that immediately contributes in a big way, which seems very unlikely. So this is a 500 team. Um, probably that's probably being generous. I mean, you're probably looking at six, seven, eight wins next season to me. Um, this is with Kirk Cousins at quarterback. So that to me is why I'm okay with really whatever decision is made right. um, for 2022. That means you know, if they keep Kirk at 45 million cap hit and they kind of play wait and see, and they kind of give him that chance to earn another extension, which is what they should have done in the first place before the first extension he signed with the Vikings. But if they kind of give him that chance, I'm all for it because you kind of put him finally in a spot where he doesn't necessarily have the leverage where he kind of has to earn that money. Um, and it's, it's not a, an extension given to him prior to his contract being up. I think you could spark something in him again. I doubt it because we're 10 years into his career and he hasn't really seen much of a spark in that game that has changed anything big right. time in his performance, but who knows, maybe that happens, but 
ultimately I think next season is, is going to be a down year. It's going to be a middling to, uh, you know, poor season in terms of winning. So I'm kind of open to really anything that O'Connell and Quasey have to try. If they want to draft the quarterback. That's fine. If they want to keep Kirk on his cap hit for another year, that's fine. I just get a little worried about an extension where you're affecting the future. You're affecting the future and you're putting your, again, you're shoving a bunch of that um, cap, you know, what 15, 20% plus into the quarterback that, right. I mean, for as great as he's been at times, he's one of the top five pocket passers in the NFL. He's put up some huge numbers. Justin Jefferson's put up some huge numbers because of Kirk, but ultimately the wins just aren't there for this guy. So that's where I get concerned is already giving him the extension, which clearly was a mistake after the 2019 season when you've gone under 500 the last two years. I think the kind of the, the underlying point here is that there isn't necessarily a right answer for 2022, but there's definitely a wrong answer for 2023 and beyond. That's kind of where I'm at as well. It's that if you're a brand new regime and you've got a, a quarterback that was part of a ultimately the last couple of years, a losing regime for since 2018, basically, mm-hmm. right? You've got this quarterback that has been solid. I'm not, I'm never going to say that cousins has been bad, right? My problem with Kirk is always more on a personal level. I think he's boring. I think he doesn't relate well to his teammates. And I think that he just kind of lacks social awareness to a degree where he, the, the, the term that people have been to throw around is like, he lacks swag. Well, yeah, no shit. But like, he doesn't have the ability to galvanize an organization the same like, way that Joe Burrow does that Lamar Jackson yeah. does that pick your guy. He just I'm doesn't going to throw another name ability. out there that does this better than Kirk. That's Baker Mayfield. He's got a little bit of that moxie, that swag that even though Kirk's a markedly better player, I think Baker right. has this ability where, and and I know the Odell questions might come up, but like right. there's something where this guy is willing to do, go the extra mile for his teammates uh, to me, to B- Baker uh, shows that to me anyway. And it doesn't seem like Kirk is about that. Um, and I think, you know, I was reading through, I don't know if you guys, you saw the, uh, the Drew McGarry kind of yeah. hit piece that of was on Kirk, which if you haven't checked that out, you should, it's hilarious. Um, and there was a, you know, of course it's, it's satire. It's a joke and, and Drew's and Drew's hilarious in his writing, but you know, there was a, there was a piece in there where he said something about, you know, Kirk doesn't do anything extra because he doesn't trust himself. I don't know if that's true, but I think it's Kirk does not go the extra mile to win games, to make that extra play, to um, maybe die for that key first down, or, you know, he's not going to do, you know, maybe break out of his three-step progression to make the special play that's needed to go down and win the game, things like that. We haven't seen that from him. Um, any big-time throw he's made in the clutch or under pressure or, you know, when it's absolutely needed for a, a team in that particular game, it's been within the flow of right. a play call and within the flow of a progression. And that's not the bad thing. Playing within the scheme and within what's asked of you as, as you know, that's great for a coach. I mean, a coach probably loves him to a degree. Um, but ultimately it's about winning games and you see, you see Burrow, you see Mahomes, you see Lamar Jackson, you see Russell Wilson, you see these guys always improvising because they know that's the next step needed to win the game. That's where my fault lies with Kirk. Otherwise across the board, the guy's an awesome player. He really is. I mean, he makes all the throws you need him to at times. He'll step away from pressure. Um, and he, I, just Jefferson probably likes him in terms of the numbers he's given him in his first two years as a pro. So I think it's worth noting that Cousins is 
above average, probably top tier of in in terms of on schedule passing, which is what Quasi was talking about. What he was talking about in his most recent press conference, where I can't remember what the reporter asked, but Quasi essentially elaborated on, you know, what Kirk does best is he operates very well when things are good. I think it was when him. he has the leverage, I think was the term yeah. that he used. So, and that's important, right? Like, because the if you're coaching effectively, right, like 60, 70% of the game, if not more, is going to be this on schedule passing, right? Good protection in front of you, three-step drop, ball comes out, first down. Like, those are all good things because that's going to happen for most of the plays. The problem is that we don't remember most of the plays. We remember the play or the series of plays. You remember the third and eights where he checks it down to CJ Ham. Exactly. Because that's number three in his progression for two yards, and then they punt. You know Exactly. So – he's forgettable in that sense because when the play breaks down and shit hits the fan, he doesn't know what to do. And it's, 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 it's painfully annoying for Vikings fans. It's painfully annoying for Drew McGarry for sure. Right. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like you can only operate on schedule for so long because ultimately if you look at NFL history for whatever year you want, if you look at the biggest moments, they're not coached. They almost never are coached. It's the Odell Beckham catch over the shoulder. It's Joe Burrow the in, the entire playoffs this season. <laughs> yeah. Like wh- whatever it is, it's when that spotlight comes on and like you don't like flip that switch, you know? Like the spotlight comes on and you better be ready yeah. for it. There's Remember, one that uh, turns it it's on. Like Joe Montana to Dwight Clark, the catch. Yeah. I mean, he's just Rolling to his right, and he threw the perfect ball on the run, fading away. You know, I mean, it's, Brett, back it's and, Brett Favre to Greg Lewis. Like, pick whatever yes. moment you want. It has nothing to do with the scheme most of the time. Like, yeah, the coaches set up the play, but what do what do the best coaches in NFL history always say? Players win games. It almost never has anything to do with the play that was called. It's it's the preparation, sure, and making sure that your guys are ready for that moment and coaching guys who have the same mentality and are able to work with each other to be ready for that big moment. That's coaching, right? But it's the players who go out there when it really counts and when that moment happens, whether – I mean, you just got to be ready for it. And it seems like Kirk never is. He was one time. The touchdown in the back of the end zone to Kyle Rudolph against the Saints. He was ready for that moment. I commend him for that. It's really what a lot of people hang their hats on when they're talking about Kirk Cousins and his success in Minnesota, right? The point is, is that he doesn't win enough. And it doesn't matter what the statistics look like. Like if he was a 2,500-yard passer and he won 14 games last year, I wouldn't care. I would say, all right. Are we winning in spite of I mean, him? That's that's, what's that's going the Teddy on Bridgewater. Here? I mean, twenty Teddy Bridgewater twenty fifteen season. I think they went eleven and five. Teddy's QB box score numbers really bad. And I, I'm not I'm, I'm not here to say Kirk. Or I mean, Teddy is a better player than Kirk overall. He's not yeah. anything like that. Uh, I would take Kirk Cousins over Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but there's something about being able to win, right? I mean, Kirk and what this was he just completed his fourth year. Didn't win eleven games in the season once. Uh, or hasn't yet, and he might still in the future. I don't know, but there's something about performing when it matters. Um, in I think what you know, one of those key terms that 
O'Connell, I think it was O'Connell brought up today was the middle eight minutes of the game. And then, you know, that last couple minutes in the game, those are key moments in the, in the game. Those points, that, by the way. points in those, you know, boxes of time are very crucial. The Vikings. Now, a lot of that last year was Mike Zimmer's defense collapsing at the end of halves mm-hmm. that, and we're not here to blame exclusively Mike Zimmer or exclusively Kirk Cousins. Both deserve blame. And that's why one of them for sure is out of the job. And potentially the other one is also out of the same job that he had. Um, but there's, I, I think, I mean, in so many words, we're saying Kirk has had chances to carry this team to wins the way other quarterbacks do and have shown. And he hasn't done it consistently enough. He has a few wins and he actually, there's a lot of times in this past season where he needed to drive down the field 40 yards in 50 seconds and did so and got the Vikings in position. And we, and we gave him credit for that too. We, we gave him about credit that for a lot. It. A lot of, a lot of those games earlier in the season where he had to have a drive, even got screwed Someone out against the Cardinals. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was there, but down the stretch of the year, Vikings needed to win these games and he wasn't there, but he didn't show up. So here's the other piece of information that I think is super important. Kirk Cousins was 33 years old last season. It means he's going to be 34 if you do the math, right? I, I don't understand why people are so ready to keep him around for three, four, five, six years with a brand new regime when that means that he's going to be 37, 38, 39 by the time his next contract is up. Probably like, playing on a $50 million cap hit at least. Exactly. This has nothing. This in itself has nothing to do with anything about Kirk other than his age. He's, he's going to be playing in his year 34 season come 2022. This is a good time. In this, in some respects, right? Like you've not only got the new regime, but you've got an aging quarterback. I know that Tom Brady played till he was 45 or whatever. That's not normal. Most good quarterbacks, like still very good quarterbacks run out of gas around 38, 39 for sure. If not earlier, I expect Kirk Cousins to be one of those normal human being quarterbacks that runs out of gas around year 36, 37, 38. And I think that's a fair expectation because he's not an alien like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, whatever. By the way, Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger, Hall of Famers, ran out of gas around that time in their career. They, they retired so, too late, <laughs> both of them, yeah, Brees definitely. and Roethlisberger. So my question is like this. Again, this has nothing to do with O'Connell. This has nothing to do with Cousins himself outside of the actual age of his body. Why are you so quick to be like, let's keep this guy around long term when – this is a good time. Like you, the, the, this regime can lose now for two years before people start asking questions, three years before they start, people start calling for their heads and probably four years before they get fired based on what the Wilfs have done in the past mm-hmm. with their coaches. So there's no expected immediate turnaround. So why not start thinking about the future whether that's Kirk Cousins as a bridge, which I think that's kind of where I lean, by the way. Like, if you were to ask me, like, what do you want to do with Kirk Cousins? My answer would be I want him to be the bridge quarterback to the next guy. And I would like to. That's kind of my thought, too. I would like to either. Because you're still giving him the opportunity to, like, earn the job if if he has a fantastic season and the Vikings win a bunch of games. In which case, you move the rookie then, right? Like, if Kirk Cousins has a. I'll have the Green Bay Packers right now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, that's that's. Green Bay was stupid because they knew what they had. There was no questions about Aaron Rodgers, but like in practice, that's a, that's not a bad idea. 
the Patriots did it three, three times with Garoppolo, Brissett. I think there is Kevin O'Connell. <laughs> Kevin O'Connell. Okay. So drafting quarterbacks is never a bad thing. It, it's about what level of compensation are you willing to give? The, that's another, you know, factor in this decision, by the way, is that this QB class is not the strongest to say the least. There's no bona fide. There's no, there's no Cam Newton, Joe Burrow at Andrew the top, Luck. right? Andrew Luck. There's no, there's no definitive stud prospect. That's going to sit up there and it's going to be the guy. And by the way, the Vikings would get him anyways, because what they're picking 12. So that's not going to happen, but you have the opportunity to draft someone. And there's a couple of good players. I mean, Malik Willis comes to mind for me. I, I think that would be my pick. If you wanted to completely go in a different direction and start to embrace some of these new 2020 years, two twenties and beyond um, concepts and, you know, play calling and style of NFL games. Uh, but there's other guys too. I mean, you know, Carson strong has had a bit of an issue with uh, interviewing. It sounds like, but he's a nice looking prospect. There's, you know, Sam Howell who also looks good. I mean, there's a number of different names who Kenny Pickett, of course, like these, all of these guys, by the way, could slip to 12 because they're not definitive studs. So part of this, one of the biggest factors here is just what's available to you when you get to that draft podium. Are you going to get the cornerback like Derek Stingley or, you know, sauce Gardner or whatever, or do you want to take the quarterback now have Kirk cousins bridge you to 2023, then throw this guy into the fire, do something like the 49ers are likely doing with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, where it's like, you get one more shot. We're going to give you the chance to not just put up the numbers, but put up the W's. And then if you do that, we'll get rid of the other guy. Like it's it's, it's, it's simple. That's, I think, where I lie to is I think you can accomplish. Like, I think there's the, 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 the section of the Vikings fandom that is get rid of Kirk at all costs right now, right now. And I've admittedly expressed some of those things before, I think, on my own, uh, whether it's with my friends or whether it's on the show or on Twitter or whatever. Um, the more I think about it, again, the fact that I think 2022 is going to be a five to eight win season, probably at best. Um, I I have no problem with keeping Kirk then for the season to let him and give him another chance. I know he's had a hunt, like a, how many chances now uh, to kind of show us he has that, you know, winning play in the crunch time, but I'm willing to give him that chance, bring in another young quarterback, have that guy there ready for, his shot, you know, let Kirk be the mentor and whether Kirk is willing to do that or not, I, I don't, don't know, but is. that's kind he'll of, be, he'll be getting, though. he'll be the, you know, on the cap hit for $45 million. You can basically wash out next season and move into 2023 with either Kirk off his best season as a pro and a double digit win team ready to compete for a championship, or you're done with Kirk, no longer owe him any money and you're on to the next era at quarterback with someone that was handpicked by your new regime. That's my kind of thought. And that's what I would like this to see them do. I would be a little bit upset uh, if an extension was offered to Kirk again, just because I think that's really the how many loss. years, how many years into this are we now with him and why would we expect him to change and suddenly be this big crunch time clutch performer out old. of nowhere? I know he's old, Like guys, he's old. <laughs> he's not, it, uh, he's not, is he rich? If he's rich Gannon, okay, then 
yeah, well, let's 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 extend him. But I don't think he's Rich Gannon, and, I don't, and he's definitely not Tom Brady. So and I don't think he's Kurt Warner. So he's a 500 quarterback that puts up great volume numbers. Like it's like clockwork nice that he that he ends up around 500 for the year. Like it's he's 59, 59 and two through 10 years of NFL football, folks. And let's not act like every season he's had this horrible roster around him and, no. and things like that. He's had some good pieces around him in Washington. 2018 and 2019, the Vikings roster was filled good. with talent. Very good. good. Like a top yes. 10 at minimum roster in the league in both occasions. 18, 12, and 1 in those two years. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, okay. So other factors that are included in this decision now, right? You've also got expiring contracts, which Drew talked about. You've got a quarterback that, by the way, has value. Regardless of what we say on this show, and this is important about reading between the lines of what Kevin O'Connell is saying or Kwesi Adolfo Mesa is saying, is that they're not going to speak ill of Kirk Cousins openly because he is their prized asset, whether he's going to be with this team or not. They're not going to say, oh, he sucks. We're getting rid of him. They're going to yeah. say. There's oh, talk we- of Carson Wentz fielding a first round pick. If he's fielding a first round ah, pick, Jared Goff, I raise you, Jared, Jared Goff. Goff. Today, if they were talking about pick. Detroit wants a first round pick for Jared Goff. If those two guys are fielding first rounders, Kirk is absolutely fielding a first rounder. And like you said, is a very valuable asset. So this is important too. You can't, there's two wrong, there's two wrong decisions here, in my opinion. One, extending Kirk Cousins without allowing him to play out one more season. Like you got it. I'm with Drew on that. Let him earn it. Poor decision number two is to let that contract expire and let him hit the open market without getting any resources for this guy. Think about in NFL history, when a quarterback hits the open market, what has happened? I mean, I think Peyton Manning's probably the best example of this. Maybe Brett Favre as well. Uh, Or no, Brett Favre never actually, I guess Brett Favre hit the open market after the Jets, right? Uh, But he was a little bit, I don't think anyone expected anything. He wanted to be a Viking the whole time. (laughs) Right, okay. So there is the frenzy for these free agent quarterbacks. The point is that I'm making is that quarterbacks don't hit the open market for a reason, because there's always someone who wants them, right? There's always someone who he has value to think about Carolina. Those fans are probably salivating at the opportunity to have a quality quarterback to pair with their playmakers, DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. They would love the idea Mm -hmm. of having a guy who could just get their ball to their playmakers and make all the on schedule throws. They're not thinking of course, about the long-term aspirations and the over the hump aspiration. They're just thinking, Hey, this guy could get it to Justin Jefferson for 1500 plus. Why couldn't he do it with DJ Moore? It makes sense, right? There's always someone who wants an above average quarterback. And that is what Kirk Cousins is. Unfortunately, he's quarterback number 14. And that's technically above average in the NFL, which has 30 starting quarterbacks, right? So two bad decisions. Don't let him walk without getting something for him. And don't extend him beyond the 2023 season without letting him earn the opportunity to do so because you are going to look dumb as hell. If your first move as a general manager in the NFL is to extend a guy for multiple years and he goes five and 12 and this team has the number eight overall pick next year. So they're not good enough to get a and, good quarterback. Right, and you can't draft pick. a guy because you already have your starting quarterback in place. I mean, it's- Oh my God, it will drive me nuts. I will, I will <laughs> want, I will be so done with this regime before it even really gets started. So Basically, what it comes down to is don't step on your own toes. If you don't do that, like, don't do anything. Hell, like, just keep talking, coach speak. Don't do anything. Yeah. Just chill. 
sit there. I would love to hear the offers that are the actual. What would you take? I think that's the, that's the, that's probably the way that this discussion is going to go is that we don't have the answer. Right. And again, I think that we've made it pretty clear that we're open to most results this season which I think is fair. And I think that that's honestly like, that's the objective way to look at this is that you're, you're open to anything other than don't kill the future in any way, basically don't kill the future. That's where we're at on the show. So what would it take to, to let Kirk cousins go? What would you accept as a trade? If it means getting rid of the, the contract and moving on from this era of Kirk cousins football, which means you're probably going to be even worse than you're already. So, I liked the idea. I think somebody had mentioned, I don't know how, how realistic this is, but Panthers have, I think, the eighth overall pick, sixth, eighth, Probably. something like that. If Vikings could get a pick that high, because then they can kind of, again, we know we talked about the quarterbacks in this class not being, you know, elite level, like some other classes of quarterbacks have been. But you would get your pick at one of those kind of top three guys uh, to bring in and give a chance to start potentially, but then also getting rid of the Kirk contract in a trade over to Carolina. If you get Sam Darnold back, fine. I think he's horrible, but you could <laughs> in some way find another veteran quarterback. QB3. To start. Yeah, sure. And Darnold can be QB three. That's fine with me, but find another, you know, veteran quarterback for $10 million or something like that to play for the season. And you can kind of have a QB battle in there between, Malik Willis and Marcus Mariota or whoever else it is, you know? So, and that's right. We haven't even talked about Kellen Mond. Uh, Maybe we, all we need to see was on that Lambo game (laughs) when he stepped in for a couple throws for uh, Sean Mannion. But uh, that's, that's my thought is you, if you get a pick that high, like the Panthers offer Darnold plus the sixth or eighth overall pick, I think you take that. If you get a first rounder plus a mid round pick out of something, I think you take that. Does it need um, to the, be a first rounder to, to unload Kirk Cousins? You know, I think so because like what's from, what the I underst- from what I understand, and I mean, if Carson Wentz and Jared Goff are getting first round pick interest, then you you as a general manager and as a team can definitely build up the leverage to get a first round pick for Kirk Cousins, who is, in my opinion, quite you know higher in the ranks than those two guys. So. That's where I stand is you got to get a first round pick. And if that means taking on a contract of a worse QB for the year, like a Darnold or like a Baker Mayfield, that's fine with me. Um, Because then you can start the process of actually rebuilding your roster. You're not paying $45 million to your quarterback. You're paying, what is it? 18 or whatever it is for for, one year for for Darnold for one year. So you have 27 extra million dollars. Uh, to play around with, to start building your roster, to start paying free agents for the long haul. You convince these guys that we have a model to rebuild now because we have this cap space. We have a whole new regime with this mindset, with this approach, with this philosophy, with this attitude, and we can start that process. I think you're putting off a a ton of the rebuild process if you keep Kirk around for the one year. But, and again, I also think that that year's already a waste anyway, just based on the structure of the roster. So kind of a couple ways I do it. If you could get a trade, get a first rounder plus extra for Kirk. Now, I think you do it. Otherwise you stick with Kirk on $45 million this year. Let him earn that. Otherwise you kind of get rid of him. So a couple of things to think about here, and this is, this is going to kind of dilute the conversation a little bit, but if you look at like the pick value chart, right? Like there's a huge difference between Carolina's first round pick, the number six overall, by the way, I did the fact checking um, 
or like, for example, Pittsburgh, who has the number 20 overall pick in the first yeah. round. A huge difference in what those picks are valued, right? Uh, what you get from Carolina in return is substantially different than Pittsburgh. It's still good. It's still in theory, a good comp, like a good level of compensation for any individual player, especially in a team that's about to go through a rebuild and is trying to, you know, unload some salary. I don't know what my minimum is. I think I'm with you that it's got to be at least a first and it could just be literally like a first and a quarterback for Kirk cousins, something like that. I think I'd be okay with that. But like, if you're going to trade with Carolina, like you're probably trading Kirk plus like a third to get the sixth overall pick, like yeah. or like Kirk plus. I so suppose. you're in theory, you're trading away more players or to be players. Whereas like, if you were to trade with Pittsburgh, who is, I don't know what, I don't, again, I'm completely, completely pulling this out of my ass that there's nothing, there's no news basis for trading him to Pittsburgh outside of the fact that Mike Tomlin speculated that he wanted a veteran quarterback to start following Ben Roethlisberger's tenure. But if you trade him to like, if you trade him to Pittsburgh, you're getting like the number 20, you're unloading your contract and you're probably not giving up any picks. In fact, you might be getting number 20 and then what number, what would it be? Number 40 or like number 60. Like if you could get number 20 and number 60 for Kirk cousins and that Josh to me is Dobbs, a win. Josh yeah. Dobbs, give me yeah. number 20, number 60 and Josh Dobbs for Mason Kirk Rudolph. cousins. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? I don't like. I don't care who that quarterback is, as long as it's a body that understands the NFL game. Because you can't go into next season with just Kellen Mond, right? Like it, that can't happen. Like that, you that could. Just can't happen. You I mean, could. you could. It's not going to go well. Like no. so. I don't know. Like it, it becomes a difficult situation, and and I think it really is important to note that this decision, the big decision, is also the first decision by this regime you would think that would set the tone for everything else so absolutely so that's scary right like if you're quasi and you you're on the phone and you're like all right are we gonna do this or not it's and there might be other decisions where it's like you know maybe they cut uh anthony Barr or they cut harrison smith but those decisions if they do something like that where they're getting rid of a bigger contract it's because they're gonna keep kirk cousins that's why they're making that decision of Anthony Barr is gone or, or, or Adam Thielen's gone or, or Harrison Smith is gone. Those guys would be gone because Kirk is staying put because $45 million is going to stay on the cap from him. So that decision is going to be made first, whether it's announced I, publicly or not is another thing. Right. And to be honest with you, I kind of think that it already has been made. Like they can say they're still evaluating it, but they're leaning one way or the other right now. Oh, and like, I'm yeah, sure there's going to be developed. There's going to be developing factors. Like, I'm sure they've got it set up now where, all right, if we get this and this offered to us, we're taking it or uh, we're staying, we are sticking with Kirk for this year unless this, or, Hey, maybe they already have an extension worked out with his agent. That's, Hey, we just need you to dot these I's and cross these T's and we'll sign this and he'll be our quarterback through 2024. You know, in theory too, cousins is value, right? It's, it's at its peak right now. Cause everyone's scared, right? Like, Teams are scared they're not going to have a quarterback for next season. So trading him before the draft, when these teams still don't have their answer at quarterback in theory, is is kind of like you'd think it'd be the move. But then there's that second tier of like peak value, and that's panic. And us as Vikings fans know that, right? If you lose your quarterback or you don't get your quarterback, like what if you are Carolina and at number six you're – honed in on Malik Willis being your guy for the next 15 years 
and Atlanta comes out of nowhere as they did mm-hmm. for Julio Jones. And they're like, all right, we're going to jump in at number five and he's going to be our guy. And all of a sudden you don't have your quarterback. Now there's panic. And that's a different level of like, what's you're willing to get rid of in order then to, um, that's how the Vikings end up with Christian Ponder. That's <laughs> exactly. And that's also how the Vikings could end up with even more than they re- rationally deserve for cut for cut her cousins. So I don't know if there's a right answer. That's really what this podcast boils down to is that this is a huge monumental franchise altering decision. And I'm thankful. I'm not the general manager because I have no idea what you actually should do here. The problem is, is that someone does need to make that decision and I'm going to judge him for it. And I'm sorry for that, but I'm going to, because that's my role in this universe is that I am fan. You are upper management. You make the call. And I tell you if you suck or not, that's how that works. Someone's got to make the call and there's going to be a right way. And there's going to be a wrong way when we look at this five years from now, but right now let's just chill. That's kind of where I'm at. Just relax. Let's let let things play out. Have fun with it. Yeah, have like a little that. fun. Yeah. You know, this might be the end of Kirk Cousins. It might it be. It could be. I will say, I'm enjoying how hot the Kirk Cousins takes are on my Twitter feed. <laughs> it goes, and it's both, both ways. directions, too. It's both directions. It it's is. like politics, man. It's like complete extremes it's, on it's both ends. It's radical pro Kirk, radical anti Kirk. And there's very few people actually in the middle. I think I'm closer to the anti Kirk side, and I've been. Me too. I've said like if you, things that if you drew a line in the middle, I'd be like a little, no, probably the thing is, I still more think than Kirk a little. Is, I think Kirk is underrated in general by the general public, like the whole prime time record and the big game stats and blah, blah, blah. Like that. I, I don't believe in all those narratives. I just think in general, the guy doesn't win enough. And I think it's, to me, it's very simple. You look at his win loss record. I think you, I think wins are a little bit of a quarterback stat. I think it's impossible to remove to just say they're not or to say no. they are. I think it's in between. And that's where I think you see Kirk's record and you're like, okay, this guy, there's something he doesn't quite have that others do. Yeah. So I know we're, we're extending the conversation longer than it needs to be, but that's no, that's the point we... of a podcast, right? You guys didn't pick this up to watch a five minute YouTube video. You wanted us to really dig into this and give you our full sentiment on what should happen with Kirk cousins. And ultimately you're going to get to the end of the video and you're going to be like, well, I didn't really learn anything, but you hopefully were entertained because I hopefully. think ultimately at the end of the day here, it comes down to one thing. The Vikings set up expectations in 2018 of winning a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins at the quarterback position because Case Keenum wasn't good enough to get you past the NFC championship. That never came close. And that to me is all that matters. It's not even a QB wins thing. It's literally the, the bar was set here. And Kirk got to like right here ish. And I'm just a sizable difference in my hands. If you're listening to this on audio. So that's where I'm at is that when expectations, we talked about this with Mike Zimmer, when expectations are not met and you're given more resources and you're given the things that you in theory need and you don't reach the goal, people get fired. So that's where I'm at. Like that's where it is right now. And so ultimately chill, don't extend them. Don't get, don't cut them. Don't do anything rash. Just be chill, relax, let things play like out. That. Let We're someone else, you can chill. let make something, yeah, no pun intended, right? Let someone else make the stupid mistake for once in my life, for once. Let the other team do something stupid and the Vikings can benefit from it. I would love to see Herschel Walker 
the other way around. I would love to see Sam Bradford the other way around. Do something that isn't just like freaking out about losing your job because you these two guys in place, Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adolfo Mensa, you guys have stability. So make a smart, rational, timely decision when you want to. That's where I'm at. That's the big decision. That's, I mean, that's all I have to say. Are we missing anything else? Is there anything that has came up throughout the week that we did not touch on that somehow doesn't bleed into Kirk Cousins in one way or another? Or do you have any other thoughts you'd like to share with our adoring audience before we get out of here today? No, I don't know. Uh, You know, we'll probably talk some more Kirk Cousins here in the future. So buckle up. we're getting close to draft time and then we will kind of start to engage that, um, that quarterback discussion as well as that cornerback discussion, um, which I love, by the way, I'll just preface this by saying the fact that we're already having the debate of sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley for the Vikings at 12, that's being debated based off of mock drafts by pros at ESPN and so forth. I'm so excited to have that discussion. And I think it's so funny that Mike Zimmer's gone and yet quarterback cornerback in round one is still potentially the pick. So that will be a future discussion we'll have. Um, we'll talk about some other things as well. And I'm sure. sure Kirk Cousins will come up as well. So thank you as always for listening to us. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, Spotify, wherever else you listen to your podcast. We are available there. Make sure to check out the rest of the climbing the pocket network Monday through Friday. Those guys are producing unique and brand new content reacting to different stories in the content factory. That is the Minnesota Vikings. So make sure to check out the rest of our team and what they're doing for the network, as well as the daily Norseman for your written content. That's where it's at. As far as blogging goes on the internet for your Minnesota Vikings, the daily Norseman. So thank you as always folks for listening to us. If you prefer to listen, if you prefer to watch us talk about this, you can check us out on YouTube, but if not, um, thank you for listening and we will catch you guys next week.